Disclaimer, the views expressed by the guests on this podcast are their own and do not necessarily reflect East Norfolk Sixth Form College as an institution, and they may not be accurate. Enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to End the Loop, East Norfolk's very own student politics podcast. I'm your host, Jake, and I have a lot of guests joining me virtually this week, so I've had to upgrade my thesaurus. So please welcome the excellent Kira. Hello. The great Megan. Hello. The marvellous Jez. Hello. The superb Elise. Hello. And the super Emily. Hiya. Now, I have written an introduction, like I always do for this week, but it keeps going out of date, so I've decided that I can't bother to do it anymore, so I'm just going to wing it. Since the last episode of the podcast, a lot has happened. And I mean a lot. Christmas happened for one. Um, Well, did it happen? Who knows? It kind of got cancelled in the end. And then just as we thought things were going to get better with the arrival of another vaccine, it got a lot worse. The variant is now, the new variant is now out of control and we're all back in lockdown. Here's what Boris Johnson had to say. With most of the country already under extreme measures, it's clear that we need to do more together to bring this new variant under control while our vaccines are rolled out. In England, we must therefore go into a national lockdown, which is tough enough to contain this variant. That means the government is once again instructing you to stay at home. Nice to see Boris Johnson there taking a leaf out of Ed Miliband's book and showing that his measures are indeed tough enough. Of course, At the time of our last episode, Tier 4 wasn't even a thing, but before long the whole country was in it, and now, well, it's gone even further. Some are calling it Tier 5, but it's pretty much just another lockdown. And as a result, our exams have been cancelled and schools are shut, despite the government really not wanting to do that. So we're going to give our reaction to that, and we'll start off with Kira. Do you have anything to add? Okay, yeah, so obviously in the UK, both A-level and GCSE exams have been cancelled for this year, with uh, Gavin Williamson's claiming that he is going to put his trust in the teachers, not algorithms this year, obviously in a response to the horrendous thing that happened with the algorithm last year, with obviously people, people's A-level results being downgraded and all of that stuff. Um, however, the BTEC exams, there's still loads of uncertainty around those with lots of schools cancelling them in the schools but no actual official cancellation of the exams. Um, Gavin Williamson of course made his statement to the House of Commons earlier today. Um, Here's what he had to say. Although exams are the fairest way we have of assessing what a student knows, the impact of this pandemic now means that it is not possible to have these exams this year. I can confirm that GCSEs, A-levels and AS-level exams will not go ahead this summer. This year, we're going to put our trust in teachers rather than algorithms. Now, Jess, you spearheaded quite a few local campaigns to get exams cancelled. So what are your thoughts on this? Well, obviously, it's a brilliant announcement and um, it's, of course, been welcomed uh, from students across the country, particularly GCSE and A-level students. Um, 
they were very happy about about the cho the choice to allow to assess grades as opposed to exams, as, as it is the belief of, of of many students that there is no way that exams can be conducted in a fair manner. You know, obviously having missed so much time and that time being set to increase with the more uh, with more time on online learning and um, less time in college, uh, the decision is obviously welcomed. But the uncertainty that was left after the announcement on Monday has been cleared up a little bit. Obviously, we weren't sure what would replace the announcement, the initial announcement only being that, um, you know, exams wouldn't go ahead as previously planned. So now we know that Senate recess grades will be the will be the alternative solution. Is quite, uh, you know, everyone, everyone's quite pleased about. It. Of course, many people were worried that we would have a repeat of what happened last summer with the algorithm going horribly wrong for a lot of students. Does anybody have any thoughts on that whole fiasco? Just other than how did they come up with some of the grades for some students? Just, it was terrible. More of an opinion than fact, but it was just really upsetting for some people to have worked so hard during their, obviously their education to come out with grades that realistically they wouldn't have got could they have taken the exams? We are joined by quite a few first years at the moment. So obviously they had their GCSE exams cancelled. How did that affect you guys? We'll go to Emily first. Um, I mean, I remember being absolutely terrified around the time of getting the results back because the whole lockdown period was just wondering like what's going to happen because there was just no certainty. And most high schools dropped their high school students pretty much the minute we left. And um, I just remember all the A-level results coming out and hearing about the algorithm and being absolutely terrified. And there was kind of a bit of uncertainty this time with exams being cancelled of, are we going to have another algorithm situation where it's just not going to be fair to the students? And I remember speaking to someone who said, you know, said to me, I don't think that they should cancel the exams because, you know, everybody's working so hard and we can't be going off another algorithm. And I remember just the complete fear that came with that for the GCSEs. So I'm very glad that's not going ahead this time. Kira, obviously, because of the lockdown, you missed out on a lot of your GCSE and end of high school experiences. What was that like? Well, I can just remember the absolute uncertainty of the time because obviously schools were closed um, roughly, you know, quickly with not really much explanation. I can just remember the poor teachers having to deal with questions every five seconds of their year 11 saying you know oh what's gonna happen to our exams what's gonna happen to our grades just because we were left in silence for so long and obviously that uncertainty was then made even worse with lots of high schools completely dropping their year 11 students as Emily said um, and obviously we missed in my opinion lots of like key experiences because of that like for example proms were cancelled which obviously in the, in the situation was completely fair enough of a reaction um, but lots of kids lost experiences that they are likely to never have again or experiences of exams that they need to go on to school, which obviously hasn't been rectified and obviously probably can't be rectified. I can remember when I left high school, it was under normal circumstances, thankfully. Um, and the last days were just getting to say goodbye to people who a lot of them we wouldn't see again. And obviously you guys didn't have much of that. So Megan, do you want to offer your thoughts on that? Um, I just remember on the last day of high school, everything just seemed so rushed and no one had like a clue of what was going to happen. Like all the teachers were like, oh, you might be back soon. You know, we might at least see you again. We might even have a prom. Like my school were constantly saying, yeah, we'll sort out a prom for you. But 
obviously that didn't happen in the end for the right reasons but like it kind of felt like we'd been abandoned by my school because they didn't even contact us until we went into college in September and they were like oh yeah we'll constantly send you work to keep you up to date with everything and to make sure that you know you're keeping on top of stuff in case your exams went ahead this was before they were cancelled and we didn't get anything and it was like we just felt so abandoned and it was like what's actually going to happen and it's it was just a bit crazy really obviously with your exams being cancelled that meant that you haven't had any exams whatsoever and hopefully you'll be able to do a level exams next year and what are your thoughts on that do you feel like you're lacking in preparation kira um i wouldn't say lacking preparations because this year's teachers have done an absolute amazing job at you know making sure that everyone is on track but obviously there is the issue of that we have had lots of schooling this like i've had to self-isolate during school and um it's very different and very much hard to keep up with the schoolwork. Though hopefully to soothe a lot of people with their worries, um, Williamson has announced that every single student has to do at least three to six hours. I think it was three to five instead, sorry, of schooling every single day. And if it's not, um, like officials need to be contacted and such. Yeah, Emily, do you have anything to add on that? Uh, I just know the kind of fear that's come with the whole like um oh my god like the, the first exams we're going to do properly are going to be a levels after stats like that'll be the last thing from when you were 11 which is um fairly stressful and I think with the increase in mental health problems since um lockdowns began and since you've missed so many experiences with GCSEs and prom it's like which don't seem like a lot in the grand scheme of things and how many people have died but the increase in mental health problems um amongst young people in the country is only going to be kind of highlighted and emphasised when um, when it comes to trying to take uh, A-levels with no previous experience. <laughs> Elise, obviously now our exams have been cancelled, so we're not going to be having... Hang on. This is like I... the second time that we're having, um, obviously, teacher-predicted grades for our whole A-level education, though we haven't even been in. So just like that whole chunk of the two years we haven't done anything really um my opinion on having the no exams is that whilst we don't get the stressful days of actually having to attend the exams I'm not sure about other people but having the teacher grades for my A-levels as well kind of means that we're under constant examination that we have no room for error Whilst you can redo, obviously, essay questions and everything, for me, I don't feel like I can have any bad essays from now on. Definitely. And I think another thing that has to be taken in consideration is the, the stress and the mental health impact this is going to have on students. And obviously, with all the uncertainty over the last, well, nearly a year now. Jess, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, well, I somewhat agree with Elise. Like, obviously, we're in a position now where there's no real guarantee um, on what criteria the uh, our teachers use to uh, give us our grades in the end. So it is, it is that constant state of pressure now, I guess, where students are going to be... You know, like Elise said, perhaps we don't have to build up for exams in the same way, but people, we will, will be consistently under pressure now to make sure that we perform... Um, as, as we would in the final exam. So now in, if you have exams, of course, you only have to perform well in 
in those few exams that you sit. Whereas now we have to perform at that level uh, for the next few months. So that's a little bit concerning and that will definitely apply a lot of pressure. And as you said, it may be quite imp impactful on the mental health of young people. But uh, on, on the whole, I still think that, that it's a much um, better solution than the alternative, which is to sit the exams. I think the impact on the mental health of, of um, students sitting exams would have been much greater. Of course, now the whole country is in lockdown again, but the vaccine is on its way. Um, more than one, more than a million people have had their first dose of the vaccine, and the government is hoping to speed up its rollout. Now, Kira, we'll go to Kira first. Do you think that this will make an impact, and what do you envision the future being with the well, vaccine? Um, well, I think obviously the lockdown was very. It was very much needed. In fact, in my opinion, a bit late, you know, um, I think action should have been taken quicker and obviously not just the tier system because that proved itself that it wasn't working from the start. But I believe that once the vaccine is properly rolled out, things will have a much brighter outlook. Obviously, they're talking about that they need to wait three months after the majority of the population is vaccinated for it to actually take effect. But I do believe there is like sort of the end is in sight now. Um, obviously, as long as the government sticks to a plan, which means people are going to get vaccinated quick enough and efficiently. Elise, what sort of timescale do you think we're looking at with this vaccination programme? I don't, to be honest. I'm not really sure because it realistically, we're going to be at the we're at the bottom of the list. So even if a lot of the population are vaccinated, it's still going to be if there is COVID still hanging around quite frequently, which is realistically it's going to happen. I don't think it'll stop the cases still rising in schools. Schools are just a breeding ground of germs. <laughs> yeah, the government has said that its priority is getting schools back open as soon as it is safe for the lockdown to be lifted. And that will be the first thing to happen. I think the plan with the vaccination is to obviously they're vaccinating those older people and those who are more vulnerable first. And I think the plan is that obviously vaccinating those people will reduce hospital cases and deaths. So when there is less pressure on the NHS, it doesn't matter when the rest of the if the rest of us catch it. It's just a case of right, the people who are actually going to die from this are going to be fine. The rest can do whatever. I agree with that. Just um, just to add a, another little note, I think teachers should be vaccinated. I think that would be a good way to go as well, that high up the list. Yeah, I think a lot of key workers are on definitely higher up on the list than the rest of us. Uh, Megan, do you have anything to add on that? Um, I think it was Indonesia that have started to vaccinate their working class rather than the vulnerable and elderly. And I mean... Obviously, we need to protect the people who are more likely to die from the virus. But at the same time, I feel like they're kind of doing a good job because when you think about it, if you start to vaccinate the working class and like maybe even us to an extent, when you do that, you're enabling more people to be protected from the virus, which means that they could potentially go back to work and boost up the economy because the economy has been crippled by COVID and we all know that and the government even tried to do the eat out to help out thing to help boost the economy and i just i just feel like that's maybe a 
like a better approach but at the same time the elderly and the vulnerable people do need to be protected because as you said it will increase deaths and it will put more pressure on the NHS but that's just my personal opinion it may be wrong. Obviously we're seeing a lot of strain on the NHS at the moment and a lot of hospitals particularly around uh, London and the southwest of England are pretty much at capacity which is one of the reasons why we've had to go into this lockdown. Kiri, you, you said that the tier system clearly wasn't working. Do you want to elaborate on that? Well, it was very clear to see that it wasn't working because, you know, we were in this tier system, we were being promised it was working and everything was going fine, but the deaths and the infections were rising to the point of where, you know, the, the week before lockdown, we had seven consecutive days of, of 50,000 plus cases every day. And like you could, the NHS was clearly becoming more and more overloaded. You could see, I don't have the figures with me now, but obviously there can be such stuff out of it. Um, with the prime minister's address when um, the day after he did the lockdown, he showed that the NHS hospitals are so overloaded that they're worse than they were at the peak of the first lockdown. And I think this sort of stuff clearly shows that something should have been done by the government quicker instead of hanging on to the fact that um, the tier system's working. Elise, do you have something to say to that? I totally agree that the lockdown should have been brought in a hell of a lot sooner. And the fact that they still sent kids to school on the Monday to then announce that for a national lockdown, it seems a bit backward. Yeah, the, the one small thing that I will say to support the government is that looking at the graphs in the briefing after Boris's announcement in the areas that were initially worst affected by the new variant and were put into tier four you could see that the rate of um, the new variant spread was beginning to plateau so it does suggest that maybe tier four was working slightly but obviously a lot greater measures were needed and now we have those. Kira and Elise I don't know whether your hands are up now or because of before. I mean I think one thing we must say is that I sympathise with the teachers so much because obviously that u-turn happened when they were ready to have kids back in their class and obviously primary school teachers had children in their class for a single day before they were then told no online lessons now and you know I think that that sort of uncertainty needs to be corrected in the future. Yeah obviously it's a very difficult situation for any government obviously things changing every day so I think that might factored into it. Does anybody else have anything to add on coronavirus and the lockdowns and exams and anything? I'll see one last thing on the, let me start that bit again. Obviously, <laughs> one more thing on how this has affected us young as young people. Um, quite a bit of blame has been placed on us over the past year about why COVID was spreading so quickly and apparently a lot of us weren't following the restrictions even though I think we've done a pretty good job compared to some of the other generations. Um, but still, the buck has been placed at our feet. So you guys, what are your thoughts? We'll start with Jez. Well, obviously, yeah, we have seen um, quite a lot of uh, sort of unfair blame be placed on young people um, for the you know, for the rising cases and whatnot. Um, with the you know, 18 to 24-year-old uh, age group being the largest uh, increase on several occasions but I, I think that's an unfortunate 
consequence of the situations that we might, we typically find ourselves in. Obviously, we're being forced to go into schools and colleges, as well as um, you know the work that young people are most likely to do. So it's not necessarily the case that um, young people aren't following the rules, but more so that the rules that are, are in place don't actually protect young people in the way that they that the government intend them to do. Um, the, you sort of mentioned a little bit about the buck being placed at our feet, and I think that obviously, like young people are the gener like we will always be known as like the COVID generation. Like we were the young people when this happened, and the repercussions that will have on us for the rest of our life are, are really quite extensive. Um, particularly, not really necessarily our age group, not maybe not GCSE and A level students, but going all the way back to like the very young children, uh, early years children, um, and they're sort of predicting that the impact that they will have on them will be incredibly substantial and we'll, you know they'll be very very far behind in their learning moving forward so you know i feel like all these me measurements are definitely uh, necessary unfortunate but necessary given the circumstances but it really highlights the extent to which like government incompetence and failure to deal with this faster has really unnecessarily exacerbated problems for young people and will have unnecessarily um complex and severe consequences for our generation Emily, do you have anything to add to that? Uh, yeah, I mean, I know that um, every single person I know my age has made sacrifices, whether that be in education or with family, to um, kind of adhere to the restrictions and to follow the rules because everybody wants a little bit of normality. And although these are supposed to be the peak years and like your youth and you're supposed to go out partying and stuff, morally you kind of have to follow the rules to try and keep everybody safe that's just correct for what just correct for what you've got to do to help everybody and it might not benefit everybody in the long run in terms of the economy but really like saving lives and trying to get it contained now and quicker than being 10 years down the line and knowing those people that died um i think morally everybody has to kind of follow that whether they're young or old, and the blame is very unfair. And of course, while young people have perhaps faced the most uncertainty over their futures and the biggest impact will affect younger people, in terms of the actual virus, it doesn't affect us as much. Do you think that is fair, Kira? Well, um, I would have to say that, you know, it is, um, I think that, yeah, it is fair that the restrictions put on us and obviously the risks we've been told we have to take like going into school is justified with the fact that not most of us will get the virus bad. But I think that there has been a massive forgetfulness from both the government and just everyone in general, that there are people our age that aren't in that lucky lot of people that won't get it bad. And those people that have underlying conditions have been made to go into school just the same as all the rest of us and stuff like that. And been made to go on places like buses and other high risk places where they could get the virus very easily. And I think when we hopefully do return back to schools, which I believe they said around the February half term, it should be taken into account that not every young person has that sort of, you know, almost immunity to the virus. And um, Elise, do you have anything to add to that? Um, I just wanted to do more of an overall point, but with the cases rising in younger people, they know that obviously younger people can spread it a lot more easier. But the government like I don't know how a bit controversial but we were almost set up by being sent back to schools we are literally mixing with so many people and then just in general with the travel just trying to get to wherever educational institution you attend 
it's so unavoidable. So it was obvious that the cases were going to go up, but you would get prosecuted or your family would get prosecuted if you didn't attend schools. Yeah, and I, I think there's also a wider point about not just in education where we've been we've got behind a bit as well, but also you think about the damage to the economy and what sectors have been impacted the most. I think hospitality and entertainment. A lot of those industries are where a lot of young people work in. A lot of young people will have jobs as waiters or or working in hotels, and those industries have been massively affected. So it, it, it's not just it's not just in education as well. I I'm muted. <laughs> I think there's like you were saying about the entertainment industries, even obviously with A level subjects where you can kind of you can kind of teach yourself at home, but things like um, PE, sports related drama, those um, like subjects are being completely cut off. You can't do a lot of some of your course just by reading a textbook. Emily, do you have anything to add? Yeah, I'd just like to add about how um, it's like young people are the easiest age group to scapegoat by both the media and the government. And I think that was really prominent in September when we all started at college and it was very much young people are doing this and it was just everything in the media was all our fault. And I've got to blame the government a little bit for that, especially after East out to help out. Um, because I think, feel like they know that they lost the youth vote very quickly with all the A-level fiasco and with cutting schools like closed early and stuff. I feel like they know they lost the youth vote and um, if you're going to attack a group of people that already don't like you, it's the perfect group to target. Absolutely. And another thing, another part of what you go on about the youth vote, also young people are the least likely to actually vote in the first place. So if you are listening at home and you are fed up with being blamed for everything, next time there's an election, whether that's your local council election or a general election or any vote whatsoever, make sure that you go out and vote because that is the only way that we can avoid being blamed for everything. And don't vote conservative. But that is about all we have time for, really, in this episode. Um, there is one more thing that we need to do, of course. In the Christmas special, we, of course, opened the vote for our Villain of the Year, and the results are now in. With 0% of the vote, Dominic Cummings came last. With 125 percent of the vote we have Lawrence Fox then a popular name from this episode in second place we have Gavin Williamson but the winner with 50 percent of the vote and the only election he's won this year it is the one the only our villain of the year Rudy Giuliani a round of applause anyway thank you very much for listening um hope you've enjoyed this episode we're going to try and keep this going as much as possible during lockdown because well not exactly got much else to do and please forgive us for if there's bit dodgy audio quality you of course don't have access to our usual microphones and stuff thank you very much for listening thank you to my guests kira megan elise jez emily and uh hopefully we'll see you next week thank you Bye. Bye.